you know, oil companies in general are never like pleasant to report on. Like they don't like reporters. They don't like talking to reporters. They, you know, will often either, you know, sort of try to bully you or not talk to you at all. All of those things are sort of like par for the course when you're reporting on this industry in general. But Exxon takes it up another (laughs) level where... Hello and welcome to The War on Cars. I'm Aaron Napperstack here with a special Patreon bonus episode. With me today is investigative journalist Amy Westervelt. You may remember her from episode 81 of The War on Cars, when she joined us to talk about Super Bowl car ads. Amy is also the host and producer of several podcasts focusing on the fossil fuel industry and the climate crisis. She just came out with season eight of her podcast, Drilled. And the new series is called Light, Sweet, Crude. In it, she takes us to the tiny South American nation of Guyana. In 2015, ExxonMobil discovered one of the world's largest offshore oil reserves there. And seemingly overnight, Guyana went from being an international environmental leader to one of the world's biggest petro-states. Why start a brand new oil industry in the middle of a climate crisis? And once a project like this gets going, is there anything that can be done to stop it? Light Sweet Crude explores these questions and more. It's a great listen, and Amy is here to talk about it with us. Amy Westervelt, welcome to The War on Cars. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So where is Guyana, for those who may not know, and what what drew you there? Yeah, Guyana's a, like really fascinating country. It's uh, the third smallest country in South America. It's the only English-speaking country. They have fewer than 800,000 residents. Um, it's it's tiny and like 90%. It's like the size of San Francisco or something. Yeah, and 90% of that population is located on the coast, which is expected to be underwater due to sea level rise by 2030. Wow. Which is not 2050. Like it's really soon. It's coming. It's tomorrow. Yeah, they have a major problem like the... The capital, Georgetown, was actually built below sea level. It was, like, built by Dutch colonialists who kind of did the same thing there that they did in Amsterdam. They built these canals and sluice gates and all of that. It's already below sea level. So it's like a sitting duck when it comes to climate change, which is what was so interesting to me about this, was, A, that Guyana had this history of being, like, a real leader on conservation. So they were one of the first countries to participate in the red program that allowed global north countries to pay global south countries to preserve their forests. Um, Guyana was one of the first participants in that. Uh, Norway paid them or agreed to pay them $250 million to preserve their forests. Norway, an oil comp- an oil country, of course. <laughs> so they're using their oil money to pay Guyana to keep their trees in the ground. Um, so so we, wa- we want to keep um, <laughs> drilling for oil, so will you be our carbon sink, please, Guyana? Exactly. We'll pay you for that. Yes, yes, exactly. So that, you know, they, like they were doing that in, you know, the early 2000s, and then um, they really helped to develop ecotourism globally. Like they're a big ecotourism destination, but they also actually really created some of the models for how ecotourism is like supposed to work. You know, like they, there's so many of these um, eco lodges there that 
are working with indigenous communities that are doing a bunch of conservation projects and research. And, you know, it actually is like a really well-functioning ecotourism system. Hmm. And it is uniquely vulnerable to climate change. Um, And one of the things that the, the current president has said about the oil money is that they will use oil money to adapt to climate change. And I was like, man, that is a sad statement Hmm. on where international climate policy has has landed us. Because you now have global south countries. It's not just Guyana. You've got, you know, Namibia, Mozambique. So many countries in, in Africa are in the same boat saying, well, can't get development financing for this. The global North countries that agreed to put all this money into a loss and damages fund have just reneged on that commitment entirely. And now they're dependent on oil companies to pay for climate adaptation, which is like ridiculous, but it's very much the case. It's happening in a lot of different places in the world right now. You can listen to the rest of my conversation with Amy Westervelt of Light Sweet Crude by joining the War on Cars as a Patreon subscriber. Membership is available for just $3, $5, or $10 per month. When you sign up, we will mail you some War on Cars stickers. You'll have access to lots of special bonus content, including the rest of this episode. To become a Patreon member, go to thewaroncars.org and click support us or go straight to patreon.com and search for The War on Cars. Your support means a lot to us. We couldn't produce the podcast without you.